0: And he scores! Oh, what a play by connect me! But bounces through on kept in, Keturias, he scores!
1: Can you believe it? Sean Conturious!
0: Welcome to another edition of Flyer Buzz here on Flyers Radio 24 7. Here's Brian Smith and Bill Meltzer.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of Flyer Buzz here on Flyers Radio 24-7. I'm Brian Smith along with Bill Meltzer as we head into the bye week coming up here for the Philadelphia Flyers. The entire team will be off with about half of the rest of the league and get some R&R here over the next uh, week or so, but still a couple of games to be played before then. And uh, this is a lot of, uh, a lot of people look at this as the unofficial halfway point of a given NHL season, although it's not uh, mathematical. Flyers hit that back in the first week of January. Uh, but uh, this might be a time for uh, the Flyers maybe to reset a little bit, although things certainly have been going better for the team as of late. Two wins in their last three headed into the Boston game and a couple of wins in a row at home, uh, hopefully uh, helping to spark some things a little bit. Uh, and Bill, we have certainly seen an interesting season so far. Uh, up and down the lineup and even into the front office here uh, for the Flyers and while things uh, seem to have settled down over the past few weeks there have been uh, a couple of small roster moves leaving a lot of people wondering uh, what might be next for this team. I guess to start off let's take a look at the play on the ice and uh, how things have kind of again settled down for this team a little bit over the past couple of weeks. Not as many wins as they would have liked but uh, some uh, Consistent play and uh, some of the chances starting to finally go in for him, plus a, a revamped power play. Uh, what are your overall thoughts on this team looking back uh, in the first uh, couple of weeks of January here?
0: Well, I think that uh, you know you look over the course of the season, and we'll start with the offensive side of the puck. It's been very feast or famine for the team all season. Um, I believe 21 games with two or fewer goals, but last the, the last game, Flyers got seven, and I think it's the. About the 12th, 13th time this season, the Flyers have scored five, at least five goals in a game, too, which is a healthy number. It's, it's kind of been either one extreme or the other, though. And, um, you know, it's uh, you have to be able to win games a variety of different ways. You know, you have to be able to win two to one. You have to be able to win those, those track meet kind of games, too. Um, you know, to me, when, one of the things that stands out to me is just the sheer number of one-goal games the Flyers have lost, uh, I believe 12 of them now. And, um, you know, I you turn that even you know, halfway around and you're looking at a different kind of season. You know, I, I think that the most positive thing in recent weeks has been, uh, and well, you know, it's, it's, it's a long-term evaluation, of course, but, uh, you know, the, the play of Carter Hart, I mean, lack of goaltending stability and performance was one of the big issues with the team that kind of got the team in the rut that they're in, in the standings. Um. If Carter continues to play the way that he has, and and I look back at last game, you know, you, of course you learn something about a goalie when he, you know, when he's really sharp, but sometimes you learn something about him too when there's a game like there was uh, against Minnesota the other night. You know, two goals get past him real early. Um, Flyers call a timeout. Um, Scott Gordon elects to stay with them in the game, and uh, you know the Flyers get down again in, in the second period, three to two. And other than that, that one goal, where there was nothing he could do. You know, the one that was reversed uh, originally called no mm-hmm. goal. Carter really settled in, and he helped the Flyers close that game out. And you know, not just it's not just the pucks that go in; it's also the timeliness of the saves. And you know, he settled and started making clean saves. To me, you know, you could almost liken it to sometimes in baseball, a pitcher comes in and he doesn't have his best stuff, doesn't have his good fastball, he's not locating. You know, whatever the case might be, if he hangs in there and he battles, he gets. You know, the really good pitchers get better as the game goes along. You can liken that a little bit to a goalie sometimes too, where if you you know, he might not be on his on top of his game completely early on, but if he settles in as the game goes along, and particularly for a young goalie, that that's a very impressive thing. So I think I think that the play of Carter Harden, and said it's an ongoing evaluation, but if Carter continues to um, provide some stability in net. You know, that's uh, that's a big thing for the rest of the season. Um, getting getting uh, Ivan Provorov and Shane Gossespierre back on their games, and they're still not there yet, but there are, there are some steps in that direction. Um, getting those two guys in back on, on top of their game, listen, I mean, those were supposed to be the Flyers' number one and two defensemen, and neither guy has had the season that, that he expects from himself, and it's been... It's been an issue, you know. It, it's been something that uh, those guys eat a lot of minutes, play huge roles, and I mean, it's it's always a team game. But those, individually speaking, are two really important players. Getting those two guys going over the rest of the season to me is something that's important as well. And then you look at guys like Nolan Patrick. You know, Nolan just, um, you know, I know the I know the last game was his big breakthrough, the four point game, but you could kind of see it building to that too. I think starting with the Dallas game, um, the chances were there, the pucks weren't going in for him yet. You know, now we had the big breakout game. Now you need, now need, now you need to see that some consistency with that. I mean, all these things that if, if Hart plays well and if Patrick plays well and you get Provorov and, and Ghost back playing the way that uh, they've they've shown, you know, particularly last year, but just over the bulk of their careers so far, then all of a sudden the outlook changes uh, to me considerably. And, uh, you know, listen, the, the standings are what they are. You're, you're, uh, you, you do what you can. You know, you, you go out and compete and try to win. But it puts the Flyers in a lot better position going forward.
1: When you look at uh, Carter Hart and how he's settling in, and again, we don't know exactly what the future holds for the goaltending situation well, for the rest of this year. But uh, you know, it is kind of, it might be kind of difficult to imagine him going back to the American League at this point. Although you know, if you get uh, uh, two guys up here healthy that uh, are, are not going to go there, then you know, who knows? But at any rate. Um, you know the Flyers all year have been in some statistical oddities. One of them being that they are allowing the eighth fewest shots against per game, right. but they're uh, you know, somewhere in the top three or four in goals against per game, and a lot of that was being attributed to the uh, to the goaltending situation overall. Um, but it's hard to quantify how it might be being affected by uh, some of the uh, issues the Flyers have been having on on defense. Now, that overall number is not going to move much uh, starting more than halfway through the season, but from this point moving forward, um, you know, do you see uh, Carter Hart's solid play helping to kind of bring those stats back into where they should be in terms of if you're allowing the fewer shots, you should be allowing fewer goals, or is there still... Some changes we need to see with the defensive unit to to play better as a unit overall before that's going to move.
0: Yeah, I I think that um, you know goaltending certainly is a very big piece of that. Um, You know, from a statistical point of view, if you you go on naturalstattrick.com, they they'll track scoring chances for and against, and those high danger chances for and against. Surprisingly, the Flyers are actually really, really high in the fewest scoring chances allowed. It's it, the goalie save percent is really low, but I, but that's just based on shot locations. Mm-hmm. You know that that's strictly where where a shot comes from on the ice. So I, I take that with a grain of salt to some degree. I mean, you know, you can look at uh, look at plays where uh, another team's most dangerous player is, is left open, and his shot from a certain spot is going to be a lot more dangerous than you know, say some other guy on the team. You know, like. Um, Go, go go back to the 4-on-4 four four in the Calgary game, that spot where um, Johnny Goudreau scored from and he was wide open in the right circle because the Flyers were caught in a bad change, you know, is, is that when that's him shooting, that suddenly becomes a very high danger chance, whereas another guy, it's like a, a moderate chance. So I, I just take, you know, I just take some of that with a grain of salt. I think, I think things can be tightened up defensively, particularly in the puck management side. Those turnovers uh, in your own zone out to the, out to the, opposing blue line a lot of times they will come back on you you with numbers and you know making sure every every man is marked you know those those kind of things there's always there's always room to tighten that stuff up we've seen the pk improve but i i do think some of those attention to detail areas that that overall numbers can can have hidden under there i i think that it's unfair to blame it all on the goalies or on the defensemen either for that matter because you have to get back pressure from the forwards it really is it really isn't everybody in the ice when you look at where the goals against averages it has to get better yes goaltending is a piece of it but i think everybody has a piece in it too
1: and it is a funny game in that regard and you don't have to look any further than uh the game the other night for the flyers where they scored four goals on six shots in 25 minutes and you know again you think uh you you limit chances like that um you're going to come away with, with uh an okay situation but um you know that was uh you know, something that has been happening to the Flyers, I feel like. And the players have talked about it, how it seems like every mistake they make ends up in the back of their net, whether it's a turnover at the offensive blue line or, you know, a, a, a misread in the uh, defensive zone, something like that. So, you know, I, I don't know what, what, what's out there in terms of ways to correct it, but I'm sure that a, a lot of folks are looking real close at
0: trying to figure it out. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's, you know, a lot of times it's, it's winning those little positional battles, too you know um do you have do you have someone going to the net even even the guy doesn't get a point necessarily on a play if you have a forward taking a d with him to the net that opens up a shooting lane sometimes i mean sometimes it's again you you know it's it's really you you want quantity of chances too, but it sometimes it comes down to quality i mean the, those weren't really those weren't soft goals the flyers scored the mm-hmm. other night you yeah. know those were those were earned goals. and and one of the you know a couple of them was one of them was a deflection off of uh you know JVR skate and another was he deflected in. But listen, you know, uh, I mean, Minnesota got lucky in a couple, too. You, I, I, I honestly believe that uh, except for an odd goal here and there, you know, most, most luck, most puck luck is kind of self made. You, you, you do the right things enough times and the bounces start to go your way. Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. Well, one thing that the uh, Flyers do have uh, here coming up is, uh, you know, when, when they get back, they'll have a five game homestand. Uh, in the early part of February, after this uh, bye week, but uh, they do come back with the uh, with the Winnipeg Jets in the the first game back, which will be a, a formidable foe. And uh, you know, uh, again, they'll they'll see some of these teams they haven't seen in a while, but they will get to see it at home. Um, what are your thoughts with this team on what they need to do to be, to be more consistent at home? The, you know, the, I think the old adage was, you want to be. In terms of point percentage uh, you know you'd like to be 750 at home and 500 on the road the flyers are far from that uh at at home especially uh you know i I guess uh trying to find the edge that uh you know a lot of folks have been talking about this year about uh, philly being the the hardest place to play in the league has kind of fallen off a little bit Uh, what what do you think the team needs to do to get that back a little bit
0: oh part of it i think starts with having everybody going you know having multiple lines contributing um And that's been an issue in in the road as well as at home. But, you know, last year the Flyers were up near the top of the league in terms of uh, defensemen chipping in goals, right? Um, Getting getting other lines other than if it's, you know, a lot of games it's been either the top line or nothing. So, you know, I think early in the season, slow starts to games were an issue. Really, I I think more recently it's just been a, a lack of finish. And then, you know, the the flyers will have a tendency. Um, I, I mean, flyers may lead the league in this category, but just once a goal gets past you, not giving up another one right mm-hmm. away. The flyers are uh, they just uh, just anecdotally uh, they seem to give up a lot within two minutes of one being scored.
1: It's at least twelve or fifteen. At, yeah, this is
0: a number that Timmy Saunders has been keeping track of, and right. it is it is up there. Yeah, you know, and that's something. You know, uh, you even go back to that playoff series, and it happened in the home games too mm-hmm. in, in that series. Where you know you give up a goal, okay, fine, it happens, and you give up another one right away. That, that is, totally changes the complexion of a game. You know, going from a tie game to a two goal deficit, going from a lead to a tie to a deficit, whatever, whatever the case might be, that really changes the, the, you know, the complexion of a game. playing through so playing through adversity a little bit better, you know, I, I think is what it comes down to. And on home ice, you have to be the team I think that dictates more often than not you know we'll, we'll sometimes we'll talk about playing a good road game and and you're not trying to put on a show or whatever well you know I I, I think that uh, I, I think that being being the team that, that dictates the tempo the pace the uh you know playing a little bit more aggressively making things happen I mean really you know yes you have to do that on the road as well as at home but I think if you do that as a home team you know it, it's easier to win this is a flyers team that even though a couple of years where the, where the team missed the playoffs, they were still a good home team. They mm-hmm. just couldn't win on the road. You know the uh, the the home record this year has been a, definitely been a disappointment, and there are, you know there are, there are areas that that have to get better, and it's just it, it just comes down to all those little things.
1: Of course, a couple of transactions here to discuss at least at this point, and one of them is we we know the result. Jordan Wheel went to the Arizona Coyotes the other day. Uh, Flyers get back a sixth round pick and also uh, an ECHL defenseman. Uh, that the Coyotes needed to send in order to stay under the the fifty contract limit. Um, just just curious, your thoughts of that. Obviously, that is a move to uh, perhaps uh, relieve a little bit of a logjam at forward. And uh, you know, Jordan Wheel, while you know, effective uh, in certain situations, was was one of those uh, guys on this roster that's been uh, in the stratosphere as far as faceoffs go when he was playing. Um, you know, obviously. Uh, didn't fit in the plans moving forward for, for Chuck Fletcher. And uh, just wanted to get your thoughts on that. And, uh, you know, what what do you think uh, is that uh, one of the things that's just comes with a GM change that you have a player that obviously was a part of a deal from the last GM and uh, may not be part of the new one's plans?
0: Right. And Jordan was only signed through the end of the season, so he was unrestricted at the end of the year. And he'd recently been recently been a healthy scratch. And, uh, you know, Flyers have some other kind of smallish forwards um, on the roster and so i think it's it's simply that he, he was a guy brought in under the previous gm he'd been tried in his career in a variety of different spots he'd been tried on you know on wing he'd been tried in the middle um you know the very beginning was playing some second line but um you know not not this season but when he was first you know like a couple of seasons ago when he came up um you know but mostly mostly third line center role he that's a guy who you know if you look at him from the analytics side uh, those numbers are good but from a production side you know not not really you know not really where he's needed to be and, you know if, if I had a, uh, a and um, description of Jordan it was a player who looked very good in practice a lot of time was, um, his skill level would stand out very good stick handler um, you know he's uh, he likes to handle the puck a lot um, and uh, sometimes was kind of guilty of trying to beat the same defender two, three times, which, mm-hmm. he, which he could do in the AHL, but yeah. it's very hard to do up here, um, you know, and it just it just wasn't clicking on more than a sporadic basis. So, you know, I, I certainly wish Jordan well with the uh, Coyotes. He's, he's a very hard-working player. Even when he's in the lineup, oftentimes he's a guy who'll take extra skating. You know, he really, really cares and, and working on his game. It just didn't work out for him, unfortunately. And then uh, Dale
1: Weiss cleared waivers on uh, on Wednesday afternoon and uh, at the point of us recording this is still with the team and you know we don't know what to, what quite to make of that uh, what what ha- what that means now is that the Flyers can uh, send him to the American Hockey League without him clearing waivers again for a period of 30 days or uh, you know it could be uh, a precursor to something else if he were to go to a different organization he'd be able to go to the AHL from there uh, it's a bit of an odd situation but uh, one thing is sure that it's uh, one that the, the current flyers are, are sad to see happen because uh, he is one of the uh, best teammates you'll see on any team uh, in any league, and uh, you know that's part of the part part of the rough parts of this game is having to
0: uh, potentially say goodbye to people like that. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, certainly. And uh, you know, one of them, if if he does hang around here for a while, I know one guy in particular will be happy is Nolan Patrick. You know, Nolan's not you know, Nolan's usually a guy of few words. But yesterday, when the, the news came that uh, uh, Leese was on waivers, you know, um, uh, Nolan was, was kind of you know he was kind of down about it, and just uh, was talking about how what a good teammate um, Dal has been to him, and of course they're both from Winnipeg, mm-hmm. and just uh, just the way he, you know um, welcomed him to the team as a veteran. How when you know Nolan has had those ups and downs early in his career, Dal's been there for him. All the things you expect from a, a veteran guy on the team. And uh, you know, Dale's had, I, I think, you know, for the most part, not a not a bad season actually. Right. Um, you know, he was a healthy scratch quite a bit last year. Uh, this year was, was very effective in that fourth line role, and he worked his way up in the lineup for a while. Um, so, I mean, I, I think that as long as, you know, as long as Dale, whether it's going to be here, it's going to be somewhere else, uses the things that when he when he's effective, he's a big guy who's not a bad skater. Uh, if he plays a little physical edge to his game, plays a plays a north south kind of game and you know, and, and you know, he's not gonna score a lot of goals, but he'll they'll get you one here and there. That's not really what you're looking for from. But as long as he, he does that, takes advantage of his size, his skating and, and uh, plays with a little bit of physical edge to his game, you know, whether you know, whether he, he gets moved somewhere, you know, this season or not, we'll, we'll see. But I mean I, I think that he's a guy who, you know, can help a team in the right situation. So we'll see what
1: happens here as uh, the, fan, the Flyers uh, continue on and uh, approach their bye week. They'll be off all of next week. Uh, half the league will be off next week leading into the All-Star game. And then the other half of the league will be off the week after the All-Star game. Flyers will be back following uh, that week and uh, uh, the two days after the All-Star game. All-Star game this year, by the way, is Friday, Saturday. That's uh, a change from recent years. Uh, skills will be on Friday night. And the game itself will be on Saturday night. Claude Giroux, of course, is the Flyers' representative at the All-Star Game. Sixth trip for him uh, to the annual event. So uh, you can uh, follow along with us here at Flyers Radio 24-7. We're going to try to do some neat things with him from San Jose. And, of course, PhiladelphiaFlyers.com will have all the coverage as well as our Flyers social channels of uh, NHL All-Star Weekend coming up here. We'll move on to the the Lehigh Valley Phantoms who have... uh, I guess, become mortal, you would say. Uh, not that they were uh, ever uh, running away with the league, but they've had a bit of a bump in the last couple of weeks. Uh, I guess give us an update on them and uh, what's going on in general with that team. They also have their all-star break coming up, uh, and uh, we'll head into the uh, stretch
0: run of their season after that. What's what's uh, the deal in Lehigh Valley? Yeah, fathom got to a really good start after uh, Scott Gordon has moved up here and Kerry Huffman was named the interim coach. I think they uh, were 4-0 and 1 in the first five. Uh, last two weekends, uh, they had you know the the AHL special, the Friday, Saturday, Sunday games. Uh, they they lost two of three the first weekend, and this past weekend they lost all three of them. Um, and it's been you know it's been a bit of a tough go for the team lately, as, as you were saying. Uh, they've been very racked with injuries and, and call ups. Uh, on last Saturday against Hershey, the Phantoms only had 11, 11 healthy forwards to dress. Um, a, and uh, the guys who are missing were all key guys so, of course Phil Veroni is up here on, on call up to the Flyers and has been for uh, i guess a little, couple of months now almost mm-hmm. yeah um but uh German Rubsov is out for the season um David Kasha has been been out Cole Bardrow has been out um and on top of that this this past weekend um uh, Connor Bonneman missed the game due to an injury, and, and Taylor Lear was out due to, due to illness. So they actually had to dress T.J. Brandon as a forward, uh, played him on a wing. And, uh, you know, when you're that shorthanded, I mean, they had a couple of ECHL guys, you know, even among the 11. And it's tough. It's a, you know, it's a hard way to play. And uh, they, it's, the goals have been tough to come by. And on Sunday, they, the Phantoms found themselves down kind of early. Uh, Brandon Com uh, was caught up from Reading. Uh, was the starter in that game just so that um, Alex Lyon wouldn't have to start three games in three nights, and Brandon hadn't played much and had kind of a, a rough start to the game. Uh, it was already was three to one within about the first six or seven minutes of the game, so they had to they had to bring in Lyon just by necessity. And then the rest of that game was competitive, but you're you're chasing the game all night. So um, you know the they they lost that one too after a pretty. Pretty poor performance on on Saturday. Uh, it'll be interesting to see now that they're getting some bodies back in the lineup, um, how they uh, how they fare. They're they're playing as we're recording this. They're playing tonight, um, the same night the the Flyers play. So they're going to need to get back on the winning track a little bit.
1: Moving on to uh, some of the younger folks, the World Junior Championships, of course, is over, and a lot of those guys trickling back to their programs for the Flyers. It's largely the guys going back. To their college programs, you almost forgot until we saw the World Juniors how many Americans the uh, Flyers have right now that are high in the prospect pool. They had four guys on Team USA. Uh, but uh, bring us up to date on uh, what some of those folks are, are up to at the college and junior levels.
0: Yeah, I'll actually start with the guy who was cut from the uh, World Junior roster. Um, Isaac Radcliffe was in camp with Team Canada in December, was uh, you know very Competitive situation and did not make the final roster. Um, his team with Guelph Storm, uh, they made a, a big multiplayer trade with uh, the with the Owen Sound Attack, and they got one of the, the best players in the Ontario League, Nick Suzuki, um, who actually Isaac knows from having played together in the midget level in London. So now now a new line was formed with Suzuki centering um, uh, Ratcliffe and uh, Mackenzie Entwistle. One of the best lines already in the, the Ontario League, and in, in in three games together, um, I well, I know Isaac had a, a hat trick last Sunday. I think he has five goals in three games, five game five five goals, eight points in three games. That that line is really really on fire. So that's uh, that's something to look for going forward. He's already up to 30 goals in the season, and uh, just just having one of the best playmakers in the the Ontario League on his line is definitely going to help him. I, I think his numbers will just continue to be really strong from here on out. Um, one of the guys who was at the World Juniors is Joel Farabee, and uh, Joel was just uh, Hockey's Player of the Week. He had three really strong games. Um, last Saturday they actually went head-to-head with Providence, who's the team that uh, – uh, Jay O'Brien, of course, the Flyers' other first-round pick this past year, plays for. That was a, that was an interesting game to watch, and both players played well in it. Um, uh, Farabee in particular, but O'Brien O'Brien uh, played well in that too. And the points are starting to come for O'Brien. I know he didn't play very much at the World Juniors, but he, he put together on either side of the uh, World Juniors a, a four-game point streak, and it's starting it's starting to click a little bit for Jay. Um, you know, besides not having he's had a ton of ice time there, he also was dealing with. Dealing with illness during the tournament. So, um, you know, probably not what he wanted to get out of it, but it's still a valuable experience. And uh, it looks like he's, he's taking that experience back with him to Providence. And uh, I think things shape up well for him for the rest of the season. And lastly, uh, you know, in the Western League, um, Igor Zamula has looked really, really good. He's, had a, uh, he's taken a big step forward this season and just came off a big game last Saturday, I believe a f- three or four point game. And um, you know he's continued to look really solid, and you know we we expect points from Morgan Frost, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and that's uh, that, that's been the case too. He had a he had a um, four point game uh, the other night, and then the next night he had his eighth shorthanded point of the season. I believe he leads the Ontario League with those eight shorthanded points. So that, that's all expected from him, though. Absolutely,
1: well, pretty exciting to watch at those levels. And as we get on through the season here, that those seasons actually start to end in March, uh, early, much earlier than the pro seasons do, and. You'll start to see some of these guys going through playoffs, first in their respective leagues, and then the Memorial Cup, and uh, pretty exciting to see uh, what some of these guys will be doing here over the uh, course of the spring. Of course, the NCAA will go the uh, uh, tournament route, which will be uh, getting underway around the same time frame. Uh, tell us about the alumni. What's going on uh, in the uh, alumni world here as we uh, head into 2019?
0: We have a uh, pretty exciting event coming up, the um, yeah, Friday Night Fights event, and um It'll be some of the famous tough guys from Flyers team history. It'll be at the twenty three hundred Arena in, in South Philly, and uh, you know the boxing matches. And it'll also be an opportunity to uh, said to to meet the alumni guys. Uh, Dave Schultz will be there. Mm-hmm. Dave Brown will be there. Uh, Hound will be there, uh, and also some some tough guys from uh, around you know the NHL. Terry O'Reilly will be there. Chris Nyland. So it should be a really that should be a really fun event. And then in February. Um, we have a uh, big event coming up with Snyder Hockey that we'll be announcing very shortly.
1: Now'll be in connection with the Stadium Series game, which of course is right around the corner. Uh, we had uh, some meetings about it earlier this week and everything is looking great for that game. It'll be on February the 23rd at uh, Lincoln Financial Field, of course, and uh, it's going to be uh, you know one of those fun events, um, you know in terms of uh, things leading around to it, everybody you know, in the ballpark game, everybody was tailgating, fun stuff like that. Uh, Lots of uh, time perhaps for that uh, this time around because it's an 8 p.m. start. And we'll just hope to get some weather similar to the one at Notre Dame because that was some perfect conditions for outdoor hockey. We'll, uh, we'll see how that goes. But that's, uh, that's coming up here in about five weeks or so. But we've got the break first and a uh, um, good amount of time for the Flyers to try to get things uh, pointed in the right direction. So we'll see how that goes. That's going to do it for this edition of Flyer Buzz. Thanks again for joining us here on Flyers Radio 24-7. And you can keep it with us here uh, throughout 2019 as we get going toward uh, the uh, second half of this season for a whole bunch of great things to go along uh, with the uh, normal Flyers games that you'll catch here on the station. Also, these podcasts and a whole lot more. And uh, we uh, expect to have uh, some extended coverage of the stadium series game to tell you about in a little bit. Thanks again for coming in, and we'll talk to you on the other side of the break.
0: The preceding program is an original production of Flyers Radio 24-7. You can find this and other programs available on demand at flyersradio247.com.